Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vic Muscat's Evolution Podcast, and this is your main event of the evening with a 60-minute time limit. Joining me today, one of my soldiers, KPG. How you doing, sir? Good. And today we have we had to go big on a Monday, like Texas size big. So from the great state of Texas, we have Spitfire Marcus Johnston. How you doing? All right, how y'all doing? Pretty good. I hope I present I announced your last name right. Yep, sound perfect. That's all I like to hear. So how is everything going on in Texas? Like nothing, no effects from the hurricane or anything? No, we've gotten, gotten some rain out here. My yard gets flooded pretty good, but it only sticks around for about 10 minutes at a time. And then, yeah, we ain't get no we ain't get no effects. I'm in Texas and we ain't get no effects. My area. What, what part of Texas are you in? East Texas. Oh, okay. From Midwest, up here at Panhandle. But yeah, it's just a little bit of rain here and there. It's always hot. That don't ever change. At least you didn't get stormed and tear through your community or anything. Could be worse. Yeah, everybody's still in good shape. So, so what's your earliest memory of professional wrestling? My earliest memory of professional wrestling is whenever I first moved to a town called Ackworth, Georgia. I went over and hang out with a buddy of mine, went by Bubba, and uh, they were all they were lived religiously by Monday Night Raw and at the time Thursday Night SmackDown, and I went over there. They had a pay per view on, but I don't know, like a lot of viewers may not remember, but back in the day when you try to get a pay per view without paying for it, all you could see was the scribbles across the screen. You yep. you could hear what's going on, but all you could see was the scribbles. And yeah. I went over there, and they were watching the pay-per-view that way. And, man, even just hearing JR just calling the matches and all that stuff and how much into it they were getting into it. it like, I had to come come back the next night on see what happened on Monday Night Raw and see what all the fallout was. Yeah, I, I remember those days with the black boxes. And, you know, if it does, if Senate signals zap the chip, it's only scribble lines. You can't see anything. Yeah, yeah. Get those FBI warnings before the pay-per-views. <laughs> they kind of like, you know, scare you like tearing the tag off a mattress. Like, we will find you. We went up. They, yeah. never, found they never cared. They just, you know. So who were some of your favorite wrestlers while you were growing up? Uh, growing up, I was real big into anybody that had like a lot of charisma. Anybody that just like had that kind of energy like a the greats like Austin Rock and all the people from the Attitude Era. That was the time that I grew up in. And then as I started getting into, you know, the years before me, I started watching people like Randy Savage and uh, uh, not, yeah, um, Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair and just all the people with the charisma, the, the, the fire when they talk, you know, the people of Dusty Rhodes. Um, and then as I got older, of course, there was always people like Kofi Kingston that I always got behind, Jeff Hardy, of course. Uh, and then Daniel Bryan came along. He was real big to me. So, just anybody, that, anybody that's really able to grab your attention and be relatable to the fans, anybody that the fans can really get behind as a person, you know, live vicariously through. Because that's what you want as a professional wrestler. You want those yeah. fans to live vicariously through you 
whatever your story is, whatever your character is. So I always that's what always stood out to me the most, even as a kid, was the, the people that had over the top personality that were saying the things that were on your mind that you couldn't put together yourself or couldn't say to the people you wanted to say. It. So. And you can say the things that's on your mind today, it's frowned upon, I realized, but that's, that's not a story. So, so when you were a kid, did you ever put your sibling, any of your siblings in like a figure four or sharpshooter or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Whenever I very first started wrestling, like we were, they, I don't even think they had the do not try this at home before the shows and all this stuff. But me and my friends, we were probably only like nine or 10 years old and we'd be in the living room and I'd try to uh, drop a knee on my friend's bigger brother. He's probably about five years older than I was. I tried to like do a handstanding knee drop on, on their, on their leg. And he got out of it before I landed. And then he put me down on the floor and like held me down and then dropped his knee on me. And man, I was, I was just wailing. Uh, that, that was probably the worst pain I had ever felt at that point. And then as I got older and like I, I met Bubba and, uh, we we really started watching it all the time. Of course, we'd go out in the, in the backyard and start beating each other over the head with the with the toy chairs and, and jumping out of the tree like it was the top ropes on each other. And the whole family just sit and gather around in their lawn chairs and watch us beat the crap out of each other in the yard. <laughs> so, tell us about your first day, your first match. Uh, I see. I won't even count the Royal Rumbles or anything like that. Everybody kind of a lot of a lot of guys start off with like the Battle Royals and stuff like that. Uh, my first singles match was down in Katy, Texas, uh, with a guy that was going by Ko Cox at the time. Um, I know I just saw him about a month or so ago, and he changed his name on me. I didn't know he changed his name until then, so now I can't even remember what it was he changed his name to. But uh, it was Ko Cox then. Um, and he took care of me. I was actually uh, a luchador at the time. I had the old sombra mask, green and black, and I went as El Mesquito. I was just a squash gimmick trying to, you know, learn the ropes and get all, all my, my suck out, as we say. Get all the mistakes out of the way before my face gets attached to them. What's the biggest, like, mistake or embarrassment that's happened during a match? Oh, biggest embarrassment during the match is that my first battle royal, actually. Or no, it wasn't even a battle royal. It was a multi-man match. And uh, I had tried to springboard over the ropes for my entrance. And I had done it a 100 times during training. You know, I always wanted to make sure I could do it before I, you know, never do anything in a match that you can't do in training. So I tried to springboard over the ropes and land in my you know, toe to toe with my opponent. And uh, whenever I did, my foot got caught up in the rope and I like fell over on my ass inside the ring for my entrance. And the whole crowd's just laughing at that, you know, laughing it up at me. I just got to get up and play it off, you know. I was, I was a baby face, so I couldn't turn around and start talking crap to him. <laughs> he wanted to. It was like, you know, like, oh, yeah. you, know, like you go in so here and good. try. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think, KPG? Can you do backflips and springboards and stuff like that? Nope. <laughs> do you have any questions I, to ask? Um, what was the moment that you decided, hey, I want to become a wrestler? Like, that's the moment that inspired me to become a wrestler. Oh, 
Uh, I'll never forget. I was at my dad's house in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, and they were real big. Well, his, his mother-in-law was a real big wrestling fan. I mean, she's like, at the time, I believe she was like in her 60s, just getting up, just yelling and cussing at Kurt Angle and all that stuff. And But anyways, I was watching Raw one night by myself in the room, and uh, it was Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker for for the undisputed title in the ladder match. And, like, that match just, like, got me, like, as a kid, I was like, if, if Jeff Hardy can can pull this off against The Undertaker, even get that close to doing it, you know, he can he can get that, that much, you know, have that kind of career and that kind of, that kind of, uh, spotlight on him. If he can do that, I can do that. And that's what I want to do. So that, that was, was a kind match. Of, that was a great match back then. Jeff Hardy really almost did it. Underrated. And, and you know, you'll always remember that you can do it, kid. Make yourself famous. You know, I mean that that's one that'll go down in the books for sure. So uh I remember as a kid, I, I still remember watching that live and that just got a hold of me. And I was like, this is what I want to do, you know, and the crowd was on their feet. And that was, that's one thing I missed the most out of wrestling today is crowds are never on their feet anymore. And it drives me crazy. But so right, like, it missed the magic. I kind of like the moment it gives you goosebumps and you're like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah, because I remember when uh, Rock and uh, Hogan came face to face. The crowd was going so crazy, and they were stomping their feet and hitting the barricade so much that the cameras were shaking mm-hmm. as it was trying to focus on the Rock and Hogan. And it's like you never see that type of stuff anymore. You never. And the fact of the matter is, the crowd wants to get into it, but the security don't even let them half the time. You know, as soon as you stand up and start getting excited about the match, they tell you to sit down. And it's 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 a sad sad world right now to, to yeah. see some of that. Yeah, it's getting PC is getting fucking it's crazy. PC, yeah, the whole like, oh my god, You're like, oh my god, you can't do that. You can't. It's like it's real life. What the hell, people? But yeah, that's right. No, would you talk about magic about that moment that sends goosebumps? You know, I don't mean to stalk people's Facebook profiles, but about have have, have a guest about to come on. I do a stalking. Wonder for my wife, but anyways, that's that's another story. And just when you talk about magic and stuff like that, the post you put up about CM Punk returning, you know, that moment was like, well, that's kind of the rush that Diana felt for like a long time when he came out and just like the magic people cheered, people were crying, you know, it was just like, whoa, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things that, you know, the grit that, that, like you said, or like I said earlier, just grabs people, you know, it's one of those moments that just, you can't look away from, it's just like when Edge returned, and when Daniel Bryan returned, you know, those ones that you never think you're going to see come back into the ring, and they finally come back, like, I was always, I was always firm on, I'll believe that CM Punk comes back when I see him in a ring. You know, wherever it may be, I'll believe it when I see it because I know he, for the longest time, you know, he was always with the state wrestling's in right now. I have no interest. And so I was all, and a lot of the stuff that I see in AEW, like I, I don't watch a lot, so I can't really judge. I can't say anything because people are much higher level than I am for me to ever say anything. 
but like from what I see in here, it seems like it's a bit more. I I I just say more uh, fun loving, just to put it nicely, uh, than anything. And I don't know. I guess I expected if Punk did come back, it would be somewhere where it was taken more seriously, to put it in a way. Uh, but I am glad he's back, and there are tons of people that are glad he's back. I hope everything goes well now that he is back, and we'll just see if he's still got it. You know what I mean? I'm sure he does. I'm sure he hasn't just stopped training or doing any of that just because he hasn't been in the company. Mind if I ask you the ultimate CM Punk fan question? If you get it right, you're a fan. If you don't, you're a mark. Okay. What was his official MMA record? His official MMA record was what? 0 and 2? 0 1 and 1. The guy he lost it a second time failed his drug test afterwards. So they made it a no contest. I'm the only one that really digs into this stuff. I but KPG too, but you know, he's a huge CM Punk fan. Yeah. I was going to ask you. What do you think about the state of AEW? You said, I know you don't watch it a lot, but I brought this up multiple times to, to Vic and our other guest host, Marcus. Shout out to Marcus. I said, AEW needs to sign these big wrestlers like Punk, Hardy, um, well, it's Miro, Dan Bryan soon. And it's like the rest of the talent is getting pushed down further and further and further. They're getting pushed down the cart. And Vic, is, and Vic and Marcus thinks I'm just talking bullshit. But I'm, 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 uh, I'm, 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 I'm like opposite. I think, I, I think that they're getting pushed down the cart. What do you, what do you think? I think if anything, like you said, they're signing all these top names, but there's really only, I mean, we all got into this because we were fans. I'm sure both of you have been fans for most of your life. Uh, we know from a fan standpoint, there's only so much room at the top to begin with. So if you're, you know, like you said, you already have all your, your original, your OG talent, and then you're signing all these top names on top of that. You just named off at least five, six people when you know there's only usually two maybe three people maximum on that top card. You know what I mean? So even out of those six people you named, three of those people aren't even going to be in the top picture for a while. You know, they're going to be having to move out, do, do push the tag teams and push the mid cards and stuff like that. There's only so much room at the top already. And whenever they're just keep signing and keep signing these big names, I have a feeling there's going to come a day where one of these big names come in and they're like, this is no more than what I was doing for the other company. You know, this, this is actually less than what I was doing. You know, I had more spotlight where I was before. Um, yeah. And I even mentioned Kenny Bucks. Um, Adam Cole's for, I even mentioned them in the six names I mentioned. I ain't even mentioned them. Yeah. So, Exactly. And I mean, there's whoop, almost lost it, but there's always a bigger fish. And there's, and when you have the, the thing is going to AEW at first, the huge intrigue was being the big fish in the small pond. But now it's a big pond 
full of big fish. I mean, and, and I guess as a fan, you know, that's great. You got all these top stars. You got, you know, you have great talent from the top of the card to the bottom, as long as they're utilizing it properly. Uh, but again, you have Brian Miro. Uh, I mean, I mean, has has Miro even done? What has Miro even been featured prominently since he's been in AEW? Or was it just, hey, we're going to debut and make him look real big for a couple weeks, and then uh, he's going to be a side character again? Um, I think they're doing that now. He's TNT champion, so I guess that's oh, something. Champion now? Well, that's good. That's good. Like I said, I haven't been following, so I can't really judge on a lot of it. But, again, you know, when you have so many big fish and and, and one, one small pond, there's only so much for them to eat. There's only so much for them to bite onto. Um, you end up in all these dream match scenarios with people that are only going to be around for so much longer. And, but it, and sometimes it doesn't really live up to the expectations that you hope it does. So I, I don't know. Uh, I hate to see, you know, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan end up, you know, a year or two from now, just having to do everything they can to stay featured. You know what I mean? Because they're just keep pummeling more and more, more talent in, you know, who knows how many more people they're going to have in by this time next year um, to overshadow those that are coming in now. Exactly. I'm curious. Um, what, what inspires you each and every day to, you know, work out and go to the ring. Uh, basically showing the people in the crowd, the kids in the crowd, that it's, you can make it out of whatever crap you're dealing with in life and make the most of it. If I, if I can come out of the struggles that I've been through in life and be a professional wrestler, I'm only five foot eight and 153 pounds. If I can come out there and kick a guy's ass at six foot five and he's been bullying everybody in the crowd for weeks that shows them hey i don't have to put up with crap either hey i can do what i want to be if there's a kid that gets made fun of because he plays the flute or or, or something like that you know a, a girl that 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 skateboards you know and gets made fun of because she's a girl skateboarding uh, I want her to say, hey, you know, if he can make it as a, as a professional wrestler, I can make it as a skateboarder and make just as much, if not more money than these people having to work their butts off in a shop or a factory or an oil field or something like that, that never got to be what they wanted to be. You know, they, they, it, and it, that's, that's my biggest goal. The more people I can influence to chase what it is, whatever it is they want to be, especially since I have three little girls in my home right now, you know, I have to show them not to settle for, for anything, you know, you have to chase, you have to fight, you have to work to be what you want to be. Otherwise you're going to be 40 years old and you never accomplished any of your dreams and you're just living life full of regret. That's true. I mean, that's, is that why you nicknamed Spitfire because of your five eight stature? Uh, yeah, pretty kind of that, and I, I I talk a lot of crap, 
<laughs> I, I got a, I got a pretty big. Uh, one of my things, one of my catchphrases, I got a big heart and a big mouth, and just wait to see what's the death of. That's a good. Hey, is that you? I can't hear it real good. Yeah, I think that solved it. What's up? No, there was background coming from your end. My bad. Oh, no. Uh, KBG's fired. Anyways, so um, where do you prefer being, a face or a heel? Because it sounds like you were, you've been both. Uh, I've spent a little bit of time as a heel. Uh, I, right now, I really prefer doing the whole face thing. Like I said, I, I want to I wanna show people that they can do whatever it is they want to do. And like you said, like I said earlier, the whole help, if I can make them want to live vicariously through me, then I'm doing it right. You know, if there's somebody out there in the crowd that comes out and says, Hey, I want to be a wrestler or I want to be this. And now I've, you know, because of you, I think I can, you know, that, that's the goal right there. Um, if, if, even if it's somebody that's already my age or older, you know, and they haven't, they, they're not happy with whatever's going on in their life, and they have something that they never really took the time to reach out and try. And if they say, you know what, this guy, this guy's traveling all over. He, he, he ain't even six foot tall, and he's going all over as a professional wrestler and kicking ass doing it. If he can make it and be this badass as a professional, I can do whatever it is. I want to do and be just as badass at it. You know, that, that's, that's what drives me right now. So I, to make any changes to that would kind of, it, it, it would kind of bum me out. There's, there, I, I, I still work heel if I'm asked to, of course, I'll do whatever I'm asked to do. Um, but what really gets me fired up and passionate is being able to relate to the people and get them to relate to me, you know, interact with them and not be a bully. I, I'm, like, I try to be, be an influence to stand up to bullying, basically. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the way to be. Because I'm just trying to teach my son, you know, things don't need to be, like, animals don't need to be hit. Stop being a boy. And, you know, just too much hate in this, that world, in this world today. Just too much hate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just curious. Is that championship belt behind you? Is that legit or is that just a replica somewhere? It is a replica of my very first championship. Okay, uh, so it has meaning to you. I'm sorry? It has meaning to you. Yes, yes. Uh, that's my very first championship. Uh, the top of Texas Junior Heavyweight Championship. I just had my own personal one made and I had my own and I had my little Spitfire logo added to the side plate. And I carry it up there to the merch. If anybody ever makes a good enough offer, I might let go of it, but we'll see. <laughs> now you gotta keep that. You can't just you know sell it. They sell that type of stuff. And the thing is, that, you know, if it, the longer it sticks there, the more I want to just go ahead and get a replica of each title that I that I win. You know, and just kind of make a wall of all my all my accomplishments, I guess. So. <laughs> Has, they, has anyone noticed though? Because my wife and I used the blender. I casually just switch everything over to my cell phone. You know, walked away. You know, happy wife, happy life. You know, has anyone noticed that? Is it different? 
<laughs> yeah, I know she keeps pushing the background up. <laughs> uh, the show must go on. That's how I always look at it, you know, no matter what. So what are some of the mem- your most memorable moments in the ring? Oh, in the ring. Uh, I got to be Santa Claus one year and got beat up at Santa Claus. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, another real fun match was I wrestled this guy named Sama Tamu that I'm actually working to get as my tag partner now. And uh, this is a big old boy. Uh, any, but any promotion would be lucky to have this guy. And as I'm, I'm wrestling him, and I try to do a big old crossbody on him off the, off the top ropes while he's on the floor, and he catches me, and he walks me around and just smashes my back against each post as he's walking around the ring. And he, he, the guy's so big that he picks me up and does the. Because uh, I was thinking about it. <laughs> Hey, he does the press anyways, and like throws me, yeah, throws me over the top rope from the floor <laughs> into the ring. Yeah, and uh, so that was that was pretty wild being thrown back into the ring from the floor over the top rope. Like the guy didn't have any steps or anything to walk on. Just like that was that was a good memory, I guess. Uh, <laughs> And then, of course, like I said, winning my first title, that was that was real special. That was something that whenever I very first got in the business, I was always eyeballing that title. And, uh, and it took me a long time to get to it. I had to take a whole lot of ass kickings and fight a whole lot of doubt from other people. Um, and just kind of, you know, just. I, because of my size and stature, I had to I had to work that much harder than most other people to get to that place. You know what I mean? To get to that title, to show that my little ass deserves to carry your title. Um, so that that was a very special moment for me getting that one. Um, Who interesting wrestler you met so far? Who is the coolest wrestler I've met met so far? Yeah. I'd have to say Rodney Mack. Rodney Mack was super cool. Uh, he pulled me to the side, talked me to to me for a little bit. He came down for a seminar and pulled me to the side a little bit before the seminar, talked to me a little bit. Said he had kind of had his eye on me on uh, Facebook and other things before he came down there. And um, he was just super cool to me, uh, real helpful with uh, just – kind of fine-tuning some little things because it's always the little things that you got to focus on. You master the little things and everything else will fall into place. And Rodney Mack was real big on that and he kind of helped me fine-tune some stuff like that. And he, uh, as big as intimidating as that guy is, he was super cool. Uh, Real real great to talk to and real down to earth. Uh, KPG, what I've taught you nothing. Forget about Kobe. Who's the biggest assholes you've ever met? Oh man! Obviously Vic, since he brought that up, right? I'm one of them. Besides me, who's the biggest assholes you've ever met? Biggest asshole I've ever met. Well, I don't even want to call him an asshole because he's a really cool guy, but in the ring, he is an asshole. 
uh, it's this guy named Tiny, and he has got frying pan for hands. And there's nothing tiny about the guy. I mean, you got to stand back to get all of them on your on your on your camera. And boy, he sometimes he will just stalk you around. He loves chopping people because he knows how how bad he'll get you. Is like, man, I love you, Tiny, but get the fuck away from me, dude. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it, I'll get back to the ring and be like, dude, you don't have to get me every single time we're in the ring together. Like, holy crap, you're going to swing right through me with them big old frying pans. But uh, other than that, man, every, honestly, everyone that I have met in the locker room has really been really, really great to me. Um, I haven't dealt with any type of bullying or anything like that in hazing in the locker room. Um, every That's one of the most beautiful things about this business is even though we go out there and beat the crap out of each other, everyone treats each other with the utmost respect and with love of the, of the business and what we do, you know. Um, I really haven't met anybody that makes me hate being there. Nice, that's... That's love for the business right there. Not letting anyone get in your head and be an asshole. That's love. Well, like, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I, just, I guess I've just been, I've been lucky because, I mean, I've heard of a lot of assholes and I, I've heard, hey, watch out for this guy if you meet him and stuff like that. And I just haven't run across him. But and I've had some people give me a hard time when I was green. You know, people are going to come at you and be hard on you when you're green and let you know, hey, man, you're, you got you better fix this because it was trash, you know, you, you know, and sometimes just that tough love that you need to be, you know, be like, damn, was I that bad? I got to work on that, you know, but nobody was ever just coming back there being a jerk constantly. Uh, everybody has always in any locker room I've been in. Everybody has always been great to each other. Even whether they like each other or not, they show each other respect. They take each other's hands. And they go out there and they put on the best show they can together. It's kind of like a so it's a kind of like a tight family that you fight here yeah. and there for that. Absolutely. Nice. And you probably have like a painting ass little brother like I do with KPG. <laughs> yeah, my, I, in, in the wrestling family, yeah, I got Tom Tomu. He, he, he's my he's my big ass pain in the ass big brother. Uh, and I got I got a little brother, but he's as good as gold. Uh, he he goes as Doctor Payne, and he he he's just been killing it lately. But uh, the dude has like he's been in it about two and a half years, and he started off you know when when you see people come and go, come and go, come and go in their training classes. There's some people come and you're like, man. They're going to have a hard time. I don't know if they're going to be, you know, stick through it. You know, it might, you know, you see that look in their face, like it might be too hard for this person. And I, I won't lie. I like, I honestly didn't know how long this guy was going to stick it out, but like he showed up every single week, twice a week and like yeah. mouth shut, ears open, uh, learned as much as he could, went in there and every week he got better, better, better. And I mean, he is half the size of some of the giants that I've been in the ring with, but he's got more stability, balance, uh, more. He's got a better post, and he's got a better ring awareness, and know he can put together what he's doing in the ring better than people that have been in the business at least twice as long as him. 
He just impresses the heck out of me uh, every time I see him. What do you think, KPG? That he's in his own world. Anyways. <laughs> so, when you have, so when you have time, what promotions do you watch when you have the time? Uh, uh, I try to watch a lot of the MLW when I can. I, uh, try to, I, I watch a lot of older stuff. I watch, I watch classic stuff. I, stuff that, you know, uh, you have to actually go back and watch. Um, I don't. A lot of the current product, it's 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 good. You got amazing talent, but I also I, I want to learn the old school habits. You know the 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 fundamentals of selling, of reacting to a crowd. You know you don't have to hit go hit go hit go. You don't have to go a hundred miles an hour to put on a great match because a lot of those times the guys will go 100 miles an hour and do all of these phenomenal moves that you're just like, it's mind-blowing that they can pull it all off and go for that long doing it. But after the match, you can't remember a single move that was done in that match. You can't remember a single moment of the match because there were no actual moments. It was just spot, 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 spot. And it's just 100 miles an hour, no selling, no storytelling, no interaction to the crowd. Like, oh, I can't believe you almost had me, you know. So, like, go, I, I like to go back and watch a lot of the old um, AWA and a lot of the NWA, um, real, real old WWF, and, uh, stuff like that, and just pick up the fundamentals. How you, you, can, you can put together a 15 minute awesome match. And not take more than five bumps each, you know, and and it's it's really not that hard, and, and the people eat it up. Um, and I I think that's just a lot of people. One thing that a lot of people miss out on now is they just want to pack so much into ten minutes. They want to put a forty-five minute match into ten minutes, and no time for selling, no time for interacting. It's just. Like, there's not even facial expressions. It's just constant. You know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like qualities, uh, like quantity instead of quality. Like, jam as much as you can instead of, like, caring about the product and the outcome. Absolutely. I mean, they, 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 they it's always been, this isn't ballet. You also don't want to look, make it look like ballet. You don't want to. You got people that'll do the ice skating and dancing and stuff like that. You got ballet dancers. You got the ballroom dancers and stuff like that. You don't want people to look at you in the crowd and be like, this is like ballroom dancing. You know, these guys are just doing all kinds of flying and flipping. And, and like, who would do this in a real fight anyway? So, I don't know. I, when I go into a match, every match to me, I'm fighting. I mean, I'll throw 100 punches. Especially if I don't plan on bust, you know, getting some color on you. But um, it's, it's a fight. I'm not going to go out there and do all kinds of cartwheels and stuff that I wouldn't do in a real fight in a bar, in the street, in the yard. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to do stuff that I could bust out anywhere and not look like an idiot doing it. Yeah, I know what you mean about the old, old school stuff. Just the other, just today, while my kids were napping. I was watching on my phone um, Halloween Havoc 90, the horseman for Doom for the tag titles, and that Starcade later on that year when um, Doom faced the horseman again in the street fight for the tag titles. 
Just, just that feeling. Just that feeling. It was no video package between for the matches, except for the main event. But for the tag titles, no video package, nothing. Just all of a sudden, you hear the announcer going, this is for the world tag team titles, and just that shot. Just and, that, and, when, and, and when they go in there, it's intensity, it's, it's fighting, it's mad, you know, it's anger, it's emotion, you know, they he, he said it was uh he said demolition yeah. he said it's doom versus um the horseman yeah doom versus the horseman so you know they go in there like all of the horsemen they all got tempers on them on them every one of them they go in there ready to fight you know and they're not coming out there just like rick flair when he's in there in a, in a steamed up hot heavy emotional match he's not going to be doing this whole you know, his goofy shit. You know, he goes out there and he he looks like he's going to put his life on the line. Like, he is putting his life on the line. And that's what is missing in a lot of today's stuff. You know, it's like there's so much, so many and destroyers and, 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 and pile drivers off the top rope that get kicked out of. It's like, that would kill somebody. It would kill somebody. I, I've had accidents that have put, I, I just pulled 10 staples out of my head like a month ago from an accident yeah. like, but but these people are going to go on and do this stuff and just get right back up from it and it, it, it takes away from what we're trying to keep for the business we want to make everything as believable as possible we want this business to drive and to live on by kids believing by all the way up into adulthood you know even people that know that it is what it is Still, they can't help themselves but to get emotionally to the characters and stuff like that. You know, when we get away from that, and all we are is a package of moves. It's just a box of moves. I mean, what what's about that? That's just a bit. You can do that on a video game. So, uh, so wait, a, wait a second. I just told my son today you can hit someone with a sledgehammer and they'll be fine the next day. That's a lie. <laughs> exactly. Oh, crap. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, tell us a little bit about the event next month at the Wichita Falls, Texas, the uh, fair, the Texas Oklahoma Fair. Yeah, so that's actually that's where I had my first match with Samuel Kamu, where he where he gorilla pressed me over the top rope. That first time we were out there, uh, Texas Oklahoma State Fair. Was was that match and uh, man, it's, it's five days of wrestling, I believe, four or five days full of wrestling, um, two shows a day. So I mean, it's just going to be a ton of wrestling. Uh, all kinds of great guys coming out to do seminars. Um, people like Peterson, uh, Kahangas, uh, Slam Shady. I mean, just a lot of a lot of great guys that have been doing it for a long time and have a, a just a wealth of knowledge. They're going to come out there, do seminars, do matches, stuff like that. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Um, this will be my second time to, to go to this event. COVID kind of messed up the, the last year's, of course. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's September 14th through the 18th, I believe. So you're anywhere near the Wichita Falls area, that's that's where you need to go check that out because it's going to be non wrestling for four days. I absolutely. It's uh, WWE is like you watch it on TV and it's cool and everything, but nothing. It's like a live event 
and, and I think independent events like fairs and stuff like that are a lot cooler than something like WWE. Just because the wrestlers, you can be like, you know, autograph easier and the wrestlers will be like more like open and meet your sign. And WWE is just like, if you're lucky, you get looked at. Absolutely. I mean, we actually, uh, there, one thing I love, I love about where we are on, on this part of the business, on, on, the, on the indie scene, as they say, um, is that we to be us. Unless somebody is writing us a contract saying, hey, we're going to give you hundreds of dollars a month or hundreds of dollars a show, however, you know, what? unless you're signing yourself away on a contract, you get to be whatever it is you want to be. You get to present yourself however you want to be. If someone doesn't like it, you can go somewhere else, somewhere that will. Um, and, and you promote yourself the way that you want to be promoted and catch the eyes that that enjoy what they see you know and if they want to make little twitches you know little tweaks and 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 edit to it say hey if you want to pay me enough if we want to make this a, a, a every every month deal or something like that i can i can afford to make a couple of little tweaks here but where we're at on the anything you get to be yourself to the limit you know you get to be whoever you want there's people out there that their their characters, I just I just love it. Uh, you got the bearded lady, people like the bearded lady. Dino uh, told you so. Um, Lilith Grimm, I, I've never even met that girl, but she is just killing it right now. Like anytime I see one of her videos, I just can't not watch it. I can't just scroll past it because she's just so awe inspiring. Like just just watching her, it's just amazing. You know, it's just seeing what she's doing, and it's like you go to somewhere where one of these bigger companies, AEW, WWE, a lot of that can get taken away. Your name can get taken away. Everything about you can get taken away. And, uh, I don't know. This, that's just a very beautiful part of where we're at. You get to express yourself how you want to be. I mean, just out of the blue, because I had a wild hair in my ass, I, I grabbed my jacket. I've been wearing this jacket for like two years, and I got a new one coming. But I was like, man, I got to do something else. I've been wearing the same red jacket forever. So I took it outside and I painted it with chalkboard paint. And just, just out of, I don't know, I just had a wild hair on my ass. And so now I got a chalkboard for a jacket. And I, it's, I mean, you can't do that on, on, on a main company, you know? Oh, no. And, and, if, and if you did, they'd be the ones to get all the money for it. So, you know, you can't just get a wild hair up your butt and just do whatever you like with yourself like that. You know, there's people that will get in trouble if they cut their hair because they're on such a big contract, such a big part of their character. If they cut their hair without asking and getting it approved, they who knows? You know, you know how, how how stupid the punishments can be in some of those bigger companies. Oh, it drives me nuts when WWE released some like a good talent like Lee Bryant. And there's like a nine day no compete cause. It's like, why? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if, if you're, not, you're not doing anything with him. You ha you you. He has given you every bit of his creative genius to work with. You know, and he kind of one one of the biggest things I love about Bray Wyatt is he's a firm believer of that. Be what you want to be. Don't go out there and be 
it's, it's like that old that old classic Rudolph movie. I don't want to be a dentist. I, I think they talked about that in one of the Chris Jericho podcasts. I don't want to be a dentist. Uh, you know, don't don't go out there and let them force you to be someone that you don't want to be. You know, if that's not who what your dream is, if you're not happy being yourself, you know, you're portraying then then there's issues. Um, the whole uh, not using Brody Lee because he couldn't do a Southern accent. Uh, that, that was that was insane to me. You know why? Why, why was someone with Brody Lee's talent, his look, his his respect for the business, obviously, I mean, his dedication to it, why would he have to have a specific accent to be able to make make it? He was obviously over every time he went out there and did something. The crowd always wants to get behind him. They always wanted better for him. And because he didn't, he couldn't fit this one little thing, they couldn't make it work. And that's... Yeah. That's just ridiculous because he goes to AEW and I mean he was immediately immediately just on the pedestal there. You know what I mean? Just because they knew what they had. They were they appreciated what he brought to the business. And that's a big thing these is mainly I hate to say it, WWE has an issue with is that they don't really look and appreciate what a lot of these guys can and will bring to the business. They just look at real quick. You get over tonight. If not, you're done. You know, if, if you're not, you know, for the moment reactions, that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's like last Saturday with the NWA power. Uh, Piazzo defeated um, uh, Molina to retain the time. It's like Deanna Piazzo used to be in NXT and they cut her. And now look at her today. I'm like, jump up and down the line. I guess she's retarded. I, mean, yeah. I knew she was more better than, you know, they were saying she was. And it's like, they were so good stars. It's like, going to drive me nuts. It's ridiculous, some of those talents. And it's like they let their best players go. So the, the people that you expect to be the lifers, the people that you're like, man, this, this guy will there forever if you just take care of him you know and he will always bring you gold he will all he, he he is a golden goose as long as you take care of him and it's like they're just, eh, i'm done with him I, i'm bored next and it's ridiculous you know that when when daniel bryan came back with that uh the cardboard championship that was genius to me you know like he completely redid himself he was still the same person but he completely – it was the evolution of Daniel Bryan yeah. that said, hey, I'm not – I, I, no matter what, I'm going to always have ideas. I'm not just going to be the same stale guy constantly, you know, at week in, week out, year in and year out. You know, I'm not just going to bring you the same product in uh, 2018 that I brought you in 2012. Um, and – and I, I'll still give you five-star matches every time I do it. I can give you a great match out of anybody you put me in the ring with. And they just – I'm not going to say they never got behind Daniel Bryan because they did. They did a lot of great things with him. It's just – he's one of those guys that you're like, man, you look at him and how did you ever let him go? How did you let – how did you let a lot of these people go? And, and – 
with, with Bray Wyatt. How do you just let him go? Yeah, that was the worst. It, that is insane to me. It, it, it absolutely blows my mind. And they're like, you know, we don't want to bring in people that's been doing it their whole lives now. We want to bring in uh, different athletes and teach them to do it our way. And it's like, so you're going to bring in people that have no experience in character work. No, no, they've never watched it before. They no idea what, what yesterday's stars used to do. You know, what the people that built the road for them, you never, they, they have no idea what any of that is because you're just picking random, random athletes. You know, there was never that dream of wanting to be, bring the best to the business for those guys. And it's just, it's, it's a wild, like I said, it's just a wild world we live in right now. But like, that's another beautiful thing about the, the, the indie scene is, you know, you just get to keep doing what you want to do. Go city to city. Uh, nobody's telling me I can't go here. Nobody's telling me I can't go there. They can't. There's nobody telling me I can't dress this way or can't call myself this. So I'm loving life as far as as far as all that's going. Um, I've been going to different cities very regularly. We're going to Georgia next month, right before we do the state fair. And then we got. Houston, Texas after that, and Colorado after that, so. I'm waiting for your day one to New England skates. You're waiting what? I'm waiting for you to name one of the New England skates, like Massachusetts or New Hampshire or something like that. I'll, I'll I, if, I can, if I can meet the people running these places, as soon as I find the names, I'll be contacting them. I mean, I, I'm confident. If I, I see a new promotion i've never heard of on facebook i'm like i just start clicking on it and trying to see if i can figure out who's running the show and i'll send them a message i mean i, I i'm constantly trying to go to new cities and new venues I, I think that's one of the most exciting things to me right now is finding new new cities that i've never been to just seeing what they're all about uh, checking out new locker rooms meeting new people whenever i went to colorado i met so many great guys that i've never ran across before hey I've, I've seen them around on facebook uh for the last two three years and then i actually get to meet them in colorado and that was really cool and um so i always love you you tell me a promotion i'll look them up and i'll, I'll start making those contacts because i want to get out there i want everybody to see spitfire marcus johnson i maine has a very good um independent rec uh wrestling market oh yeah uh, limit, limitless. I'll send you the link for Limitless. They have a um, big going. That sounds great. I have to reach out to them for sure. I mean, I'm, I just talked to a buddy of mine who was the name because I used to live up there. And I was like, man, I want to go to more shows next year. I want to do this, but I don't want to spend like in Maine, it's like, it's like 350 for a hotel room for one night because summertime, it's vacation wow. land. And so it's, and I just like, if I go there, I'll take you with me. Can I just sleep in your bathtub? <laughs> so even if I could just sleep in my car and just park in your driveway, that's fine. But I'm not I can't afford like three fifty, you know, for a night then pay no, it's like why to spend on on the booze and on the wrestlers and stuff like that. Uh, that's another great thing. Like there's been promotions that I've never been to and like the guys that'll that'll get bring me out there and I guess they have these big old houses and stuff and I've never even met these people, but they're running these promotions. They're like, Hey, I understand, you know. <laughs> 
going to take you some money traveling, you know, and all that stuff. The hotels out here are pretty expensive, but I got a big old house. If you want to bring your stuff over, you're welcome to crash here. I can give you a ride to the, to the airport or to wherever you got to go in the morning. I mean, just people are just absolutely amazing when it, when it comes to, to building this business. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I, I was freaking out about going to Arizona, to go into a promotion in Arizona because one, I was flying up there. I've never been to Arizona, period. Never traveled through there or anything like that. So I go up there and I'm just, you know, and so uh, I book a flight up there and I'm just kind of like worrying about where I'm going to stay, how far is the airport from the venue, how am I going to get from the airport to the venue, uh, how am I going to get back to the airport after that. Um, and so but yeah the promoter he was like hey man i got i got a place you can stay after the show i'll take care of you you know uh, the, the promotion may not pay as much as you're used to but i can also throw a little bit on top of that for you uh, the people are, are amazing business and some of the people that you would think would be the biggest assholes are some of the most generous people like there's so many there's one guy gino told you so i mentioned him earlier uh, i've heard people say that they hate this guy well i've heard of people saying that they hate this guy and i've heard you know they say he's an asshole or like you know he's too full of himself and all this stuff but i've also come across so many people and it was me being one of them that he has helped progress not only in the ring but on the microphone how they carry themselves how they talk to promoters uh how they show up to new promotions um He's one of the most helpful and generous people as far as as far as advice and, and knowledge that that there is out there. And so many people give him a bad rep because he lives up to he lives up to who he says he is. You know, um, he is that good. Me too. So, so. Uh, KPG, KPG, whatever your name is, I can't. Um, you have any other questions to ask Spitfire before I give him the final four questions? Uh, Mark Vader, are you there? Uh, I, I, ignore I guess. Could have fallen asleep. Oh. Hey, I, talked him to I talked him to sleep. This is why I don't fight. If I am overframe of my fights or anything like that, even if it was around the area, I fall asleep. It's like, I don't want guys to fall off the grand pay-per-view. What the hell? <laughs> so what's uh, – one quick question, though. Where's some of the favorite places you like to wrestle? Uh, favorite places to wrestle, I would have to say Canyon City, Colorado. Uh, top of Texas, Amarillo, that's my home. That's where I got my start. And – DZW has always been a blast. Uh, a lot of good guys out there. And a hell of a great show. Fun, fun show. Uh, those are my top promotions to work for right now. What does the future hold for Spitfire? I want to hit every state on the on, on, on I want to hit every state first, and then start working my way through the you know through each city. Um, Whenever I was younger, my grandma had a big old map 
of the United States and she had all these little little safety pins that she would poke in every little purse every little place that she would travel and all this stuff and I want to get one of them and I just want to fill it up I want, I want to get everywhere I can like that's I said I want to I want to see you in a crowd that's where that's that's my goal is in the next year to see you in a crowd hey I mean hit the New England area seriously uh super next uh horrendous John horrendous he wrestles in Texas. He told me one time that he was going to Massachusetts. One time only. Be there or not. He's gone. And I was there. He crashed on the couch. Oh, yeah. And he crashed on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll figure out where you're at. You send me that link to that promotion you was talking about. And I will work my way your direction, sir. That's definitely definitely saying the link to that promotion. I would really love to see you on one of us. So where can our fans and our audience connect with you online? Uh, they can connect with me on Facebook, of course. There's Marcus Johnston. That's J-O-N-S-T-O-N. Uh, there's also Spitfire Marcus Johnston. And you could also find me on my tag team, The New Guard. Um, we're going to start taking over, man. We're getting tired of these, these guys that have been doing it for 20 years and just get content and comfortable. So we're, we're taking we're taking their spotlight. We're tired of seeing the same faces on the same posters every week. So we're taking their spot. Uh, you can find me on TikTok and Snapchat, all that, all that goofy fun stuff. As Marcus Johnston, you can find me on Twitter, smart as Marcus Johnston. Uh, Instagram, same thing. Really easy to find. J O N S T O N. Spitfire is a cool nickname. Dude, I really think it's a cool nickname. I don't know why. I appreciate that. Like I said, I just I love running my mouth. There's, there's some people that have actually told me that I'm 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 disrespectful, and I'm like, man, I I'm gonna say what I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna lay it all out there. I'm not gonna pull punches. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> if, you, if you're a heel, I'm gonna make sure people know that you're a piece of trash. So don't get mad when I do. It's you no, know, it's, it's I would say the whole person in the right thing, but it's like. You're not fake. You speak your mind. Yep, yep. And, and I, a lot of times when I when I try to hold back and try to be be, I guess polite or PC or, or not even PC, but just whenever I just try to tone it down at all. But if I try to put, leave anything out, it just sounds terrible. Sounds robotic. Sounds like I don't mean anything. So I, like when if if I'm if I'm gonna cut a promo on somebody if i'm gonna run my mouth to somebody i'm gonna talk to them like like i said like we're in the yard or we're in the street you know i'm gonna say the exact same things i would to you in the hallway uh anywhere else so yeah uh, don't expect me to hold back got a big heart and a big mouth and neither one's killed me yet <laughs> so so don't be a snowflake out there yep <laughs> Well, Spitfire Marcus Johnson, it was awesome having you on the show. Thank you very much. And I will be seeing that link for Luminous Wrestling in, probably within an hour. Sounds great. Hey, the pleasure was all mine for sure. Uh, I'd love to be back on anytime you, you'd be willing to have me. I had, had a blast. Dude, anytime, man. This is like a, this is like a bar. Anytime. People would come up to me and say, like, hey, what are you doing Wednesday night? Want to record? Let's record. <laughs> Sounds great. I mean, I Sounds literally good. have people come in and say, like, let's do it in 10 minutes. Nothing's going on. Let's do it. Heck yeah, man. Well, holler at me anytime. I will, man. Well, thank you for very I much for coming thank on. Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you, KGB. Y'all have a great one. You and too, sir. We'll see you down the line.
Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.